Hi friends, it's Annie from Annie's Pink Chair, where we bring real, raw, relevant issues to the table from a woman's perspective with wit and wisdom. Last week, we had Victor and Eileen with us from All Things Possible Ministries, an incredible story of two people coming together, loving each other, and actually doing ministry in the midst of a crazy time right now. We right now in our world have a major problem. It's called trafficking. And this ministry addresses it. Not only that, it goes into the deep, dark alleyways, different countries and helps people become free from being trafficked. So welcome my friends, Victor and Eileen. Victor and Eileen, part two. I couldn't get enough for you guys. We all know it's the same day, but I mean, come on. We hey, just it's, like, it's, ah. Right, it's, it's like sitting down in your living room. So and easy. I know, just, I, it's like, it's, it's so engaging. Just everything that you both shared, and if no one has watched it or heard it, you need to go back right now, pause what you're listening to now, and go back because they have a story to tell about their relationship and how they met and how they honored each other. Now, I wanted to actually talk about today the whole reason why you were actually teaching, Victor. Why were you teaching martial arts? I mean, what was the, what, what's, what's yeah. behind this? Because obviously, as a child, you were very, very bullied and abused even by your own yeah. parent, right? Yeah. So, yeah, I, I mean, as a kid, uh, when my mom got pregnant with me, the night she got pregnant, my, my biological dad straddled her and shoved rosary beads down her throat and put a pistol to her head. And that's that's from both of them and uh, telling me this wow. many, many years later. But my dad didn't claim me. My mom would end up marrying six times. I went to 14 schools, uh, lived in, I think, 17, 18 different houses. And um, so I grew up very insecure. Uh, and then on top of that, I was abused as a kid, uh, but horribly by a stepfather. Uh, to where it moved from sexual abuse into torture. So I, I know as a child what it's like to be electrocuted, uh, dunked in water to your uh, unconscious. Wow. Just, just, just evil. And, you know, I never focus on that, but I just tell people enough to go, whoever you are and whatever you've suffered, you're not alone in it. And, and I do think that's, it was a catalyst for me uh, to start martial arts because as a kid, for instance, uh, my stepfather put me in a chair and held a gun to my head. I was seven years old. And I remember him tapping it to the side of my head. And he, and he kept saying, if you, if you ever tell anybody what I've done to you, um, I'll kill you and tell the police you shot yourself. And he could have, and I believed it. So, as a child, I fantasized about being this really capable martial artist, you know, so, uh, you know, what's the Bruce Lee stuff and then Chuck Norris. Right. But I, I ultimately became uh, and still hold the world record for the fastest gun to song, which is when somebody puts a pistol to my head with a hammer back, finger on the trigger, I could disarm and pull out the magazine and point the weapon back at him. An eight tenths of a second. That's Whoa. that's the standing record. That now, that sounds like a revenge on Satan right there. Boom. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. So I started so, teaching martial arts after I got on uh, the Marine Corps, and that's how we started developing a relationship. 
How, how did the Marine Corps, like, uh, you know, affect your trauma? Because obviously you, you go into that place wanting to, you know, be becomes more or less like a superhero in a way. Because yeah. Marines, we we all know they're superheroes, right? Like, right? You can't get away from it. Like, they keep our country safe and free and all that. So, I mean, how did that affect you? Did you get triggered at all while you were in the Marine Corps? You know, I, I think I did, but it was a way for me to direct my anger and to gain skill. So right. a person, uh, I hear people say, uh, he's got an anger problem. I go, well, put him in the Marine Corps. We'll, we'll, we'll see how long he has a anger problem or put him in a ring. Uh, right. Because we'll channel it. <laughs> that, that's what I'm talking about. You, you, you channel anger. And sometimes people have very good reasons to be angry. And, um, but I just asked, you know, I've dealt with so many kids who are incarcerated over the last, gosh, almost 20 years. And I would just say, you seem angry. And well, that's what they say. And I go, well, it sounds like you have a right to be, but what do you do with it? When you've suffered injustice, you are angry. And there are some people watching this right now that struggle with anger. And it's like, hey, why don't you pause, look back at your life, consider why you're angry and then consider what are you going to do? Cause look at me, you can learn martial arts all you want. You can become a champion. You can hold world records or become successful or whatever. The anger still won't go away. Mm-hmm. Right. It's just, it's fueled you or driven you oftentimes to a place where you can't even enjoy life. And I'm talking not only from personal experience, but from people we've reached and helped from actors, Emmy award winner, Generals in the Pentagon, special operations guys, uh, it's the whole gambit. Mm -hmm. So we are really about what we do is helping people get free. Yes, we've we've rescued and recovered women and children from ISIS. We've recovered and helped girls who've been kidnapped and abused, uh, children who were sex trafficked. We've made pedophiles pay a price from jail to prison to natural consequences. <clears throat> but freedom of the heart is actually the most important thing. Mm-hmm. And there's only mm. one person that can do it as we understand. Amen. It. The, Come on. Just... That's so good. You know, and you said pedophiles, Victor, and I, I want to ask you a question. And I know this is maybe something you've you've dealt with, obviously, and you probably have such a heart for this as well. And I'm sure Eileen does, too. What about the bullies. What about the pedophiles? What about the traffickers? What about the pimps, the abusers? Where is their redemption? Because obviously what was done to them, they're now doing to someone else or something's happened to them where it's switched into another, uh, another vein of a type of abuse. And maybe they weren't trafficked themselves or maybe they weren't sexually abused, but now they're doing it to someone else because their their anger has gotten so bad that now this is what the, it's resulted in. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll speak first into it. Um, you know, my father was a pimp and a drug mm-hmm. dealer. Um, and yet I never pimped anybody. Right. And I didn't sell drugs, I used them. There's a very, let me just say this. I believe anybody can be redeemed by the power yes. of God. I don't care who they are, <clears throat> trafficker, pimp, drug dealer, the worst pedophile, serial killers, 
anybody can be redeemed. The question is, will they repent? Yes. Will they humble Do they themselves? Want it? Do they want it? Yeah. And some people aren't. Some people are wicked and they yeah. do not want redemption. Um, and, you know, and that's I, the sad I, part. That's very sad. Very sad. Uh, because, I mean, Jesus said he didn't come to, to condemn the world, but to save it. That's right. But yet, the balance of scripture is God's wrath is being stored up against the, the unrepentant, the wicked. So people should fear God with the reverence of eternal damnation, but they should run to him as a loving father who can redeem them out of everything. Mm -hmm. And so we've seen it. We've seen and helped. We have a friend who, you know, had done horrible things. We got a lot of friends who have and seen God redeem them and their lives change. Then we have other people who, I'll give you an example. I was face to face with an ISIS fighter in Mosul. Eileen was there as well. She was at the safe house and these, I've been I've been face to face with a number of ISIS people because of wow. what we do, and and uh, I have, on occasion, had to make decisions that said these these young men, these teenagers, they're worth saving. Yeah. Even though they align themselves with ISIS because they were conscripts, they were right. Brought, it'll be a lot of healing and trauma, and we got to reverse this mindset yeah. of evil. Right. And then I've looked at other people and said, mm -mm, that, that person, it. no, he'll, yeah. he'll try to cut yeah. my head off the moment you right. cut him free. It, it, it's sure do enough, or die. Yeah. Yep. It's do or die. We've seen it. I mean, We've seen it where I was praying I, I, for an ISIS commander. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, and, and, yeah. and I, and I love the, the vulnerability and the honesty because, you know, we, we, people want to say that, well, Christians should just let everybody come to the table. Of course, you know, Jesus wants everyone to come to the table. But like you said, the key is repentance and admittance and a surrender, so to speak, of what they are doing to stop it and to want a change in their life, right? But if they're yeah. coming for your head, like you said, they're going to come cut off your head. It's you or them. I'm sorry. I'm, they're not cutting my head off. And yeah, obviously and you're still here. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey. Some people got their feelings hurt. It wasn't me. Well, I, I want to share a story that Victor has shared many, many times about forgiving. And his father, who did the worst to him, and I know there are listeners, people watching you who've been abused by a family member or someone who's supposed to protect them. And I think people who get into this realm, they may believe that they could never be forgiven. So they don't even try. So right. I watched God use Victor in this man's life, his stepfather's life, to show, yes, you have done horrible things to me. But Victor was able to show him the love of God. And because of that, this man was free. Wow. So it is, you know, it takes the work mm. of the Holy Spirit and the person to be able to say, mm -hmm. I need to forgive you. And then it takes the Holy Spirit to be able to tell the person who's done such horrible things to people that you can be forgiven on this side of heaven if they will receive it. And again, it's repentance and forgiveness. Right, right. Now, you know, Andy, on that same vein is, I think I'm living proof that, you know, you can forgive anybody. Right. I mean, I, I've forgiven ISIS fighters who want to kill me. I've forgiven people who abused me as a kid. But here's the deal. It doesn't mean I trust them. 
doesn't mean I'll be reconciled in a relationship with them because I firmly believe in justice. Mm -hmm. So even though a person can be forgiven and I can actually even show my enemy love, they still may have to pay a price for decisions that they made. And I've seen, I've seen people who were vile and wicked have their lives transformed and still with great courage and sincerity of heart and fruits of repentance have said, God has freed me, but I must still face the consequences for the choices I made. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I've, that, I've said, yeah. yep. Yep, that's do. that's so good because God is a God of justice and uh, don't get God twisted because he will get the justice. And we know that Jesus came for if we do repent, <laughs> his blood covers everything. And but there are consequences just like a physical body. Like I have to pay my consequences, you know, for anything that I did prior to coming to Christ fully and surrendering any bad things that my body had to endure. I'm still paying the price for that, Victor and Eileen. I am. But I know that God is good and a, a majority of it, he's healed. And he's yeah. given me a, 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 a new lease on my life as far as my health. Like I'm, I'm not perfect, but I'm gonna tell you, I'm happy where God has me right now. I wanted to ask, you know, the journey that you had to Jesus, like what did that look like? And then the, the starting of all things possible. Right. Well, thanks for asking that because, I mean, I I don't know if there's a better thing we can find out about another person than their journey to faith. Mm -hmm. And for me, you know, I knew Jesus was always real. Even as a little child, I knew he was real. When I was locked in the cooler and left for dead, uh, it was such a real presence with me. Wow. You know, even even to the point when I remember just, you know, I passed out because it was so cold. But I remember feeling a felt presence next to me. Mm-hmm. And I, I know that was the Lord. Um, uh, when I would, there was a time I'd be beat, you know, and I and I really later understood that Christ was there with me taking the beating. So I knew he was real, but still there's this level of trust. Can I trust and surrender uh, my life? Mm-hmm. So, you know, after everything kind of endured and, I was trying to become a man. That's all I wanted to be. If I could just become a man, because innately, even with all the sexual perversion going on today, every young man, even if he's effeminate, even if he's trans or gay, there's something in him that wants to be a warrior. It's, it's put in there. And I had a friend who was gay uh, and (laughs) we, we were cutting up one day and I said something funny and he's laughing, and he's laughing kind of in a fem, fembot voice, right? Uh, but he's got a deep voice. And he slaps me on my back, like... Uh, like a dude. I, yeah. Like a dude. I turned and looked and said, you hey? you do that again, I'm going I'm to I'm I'm hit you back. <laughs> and he goes, what do you mean? What you, why would you say that? I go, dude, you're stinking six foot, you know, plus. You, you hit like a lumberjack. I'm in karate, yeah. but man, when you hit me, you may think you're a little woman, but you a big old man. You know what he said? He goes, really? You, you think I'm like a lumberjack? I said, yeah, dude. I said, you know, put some bass in your voice and quit acting feminine. You'll see. You're a big <laughs> old man. And he literally loved being around us because I affirmed him as a man, right? Mm-hmm. 
So right. it, it, it was, it, it's in men. And, and I'll tell you, I joined the Marine Corps, uh, did all I was supposed to do, hated Arabs, you know, uh, the Beirut bombing had just happened. And, and yet at the end of that, man, I could fight, you know, I, I could drink and I could chase skirt. And that was the definition of a man. Right. But I remember, I remember going, I've met some women who are gay that could fight as good as me, drink more than me and get more skirt than me. So how can that be the definition of a man? Right. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, exactly. Oh, okay. And that's when my biological dad wrote me a letter and he said, Hey, I'd, I've never been your dad. And he apologized. And he said, I know you think I'm crazy. I'm like, yeah, you spent time in a mental hospital. The same one, my grandfather died in your dad. Um, and he goes, but I've, 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 I've surrendered my life to Jesus. And oh. I remember going, what, what's the what? angle? This guy was a former drug dealer and pimp. And I mean, not long before that, he was a practicing warlock. So I just thought, what is the angle? I didn't trust him, but I took leave of absence, went down, visited him. And here's this guy, you know, nose flat. Mine, mine stays, you know, his stays flat. Mine pops up, but he just goes, Victor, um, I don't know. I surrendered uh, my life to the Lord and I'm not perfect, but I can feel the direction of my life has changed. And it was him inviting me to church that I heard the simple message, which, which is Christianity. It's all simple. I mean, yes. it's Jesus dying on the cross. He loves you. He's come to reconcile you to the father. Hmm. It, it just put your trust in him, repent, turn from what you know is wrong. He'll show you the other things you don't even think are wrong. You'll get, mm. you'll get a chance to say, oh, that's it. Follow him. I, I, am, I am almost fed up to hear with mm. modern cultural Christianity, even the extensive teaching of the Bible that oftentimes just make a person so self-righteous. Yeah. And it's like. And more confused. You know, <laughs> right. You know the Bible, and yet, you know, you're struggling with, with porn and, and yeah. judging other people. It's like, just and, and, be and it's real. Re it, it's really sad. And I, I like that you said that because, and of course, even suicide, like we've seen pastors commit suicide in the pulpit. They didn't tell anyone that they were, they were struggling. And so it, it, Christianity just, needs to be real. <laughs> like, real and we need simple. to really live it. Yeah. Love one another. Love our enemy. When we blow it, you know, if people struggle, uh, Tell somebody. Yeah. Right. You know, uh, I spoke at a men's conference and there was about 4,000 men there. And I, I said, you know, this whole porn deal, uh, I said, I'm sick of hearing how everybody's struggling with porn. I said, your, your issue isn't porn. Your issue is you like to masturbate. Okay. You use porn to do it. So stop with it. You can hear the pin drop and a couple of guys chuckle. I was like, was well, that too real for y'all? Is that, you know, come on. And you, it, it, uh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> And so they, they chuckled, and then what happened? <laughs> well, I said, I'll probably never get invited back here, but at least I'm speaking truth, fellas. Mm -hmm. And I actually did get invited back. But it's it's we give too much power to this porn deal, you know. You, and you, I, you know, I, I love what you said about the masturbation. It's really not about so much the picture of it and the watching of it, but it's the it's the self the self uh, medication basically. Yeah. The yeah, the self masturbation is is. 
it's, it's a selfish thing because we're not, our needs aren't being met. So we try to meet them ourselves, right? And we could get them met, but we're not willing to do what it takes to get them met, right? Right. Mm-hmm. And, and we, that's why we talk about in marriage, man, be willing to serve one another, open, loving, uh, so that Eileen tells women, don't set your man up for failure. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. Like when I travel, you know, it's funny. The first time I heard her tell a women's audience, she's like, I love my man up. I love him up. Good. Because I don't want to think about anybody travels. else. Yes. Especially. It's like we don't have to, you know, this isn't rocket science. And then men, it's like, gosh, guys, you know, quit quit trying to. And even, even the best definition I've heard of a man using a prostitute is simply he's masturbating inside of her. There is no mm-hmm. love. He's Absolutely. using her. And it's like, yeah. just when you think of it in terms of real, and I tell people about porn, I go, dudes, I know people in the porn industry, right? If they put you, it, there you are looking at it, you know, if they put you on the set in there with the lights on you and say, go, you, you, your private would shrivel up. You'd, you'd crawl off the set and go, okay, this isn't what I thought. I go, of, of course it's not. I'm sorry, but that's hilarious. And you're absolutely right about that. They they, they they will be frozen. They'll be frozen, not able to do anything. So right. it's so awesome. So you came to Jesus and surrendered. Your your paternal biological father biological told you about Jesus. Dad. And yep. and then your journey started, right, with the Lord. And then all of a sudden, what? Like, Full what throttle. started the ministry I, part? Well, I mean, I got saved and I just, I felt called. And the Lord showed me I'd be an evangelist. Now, it looks different. I tried regular church for a while, and I was horrible at it. I mean, trust you me, uh, you know, a little bit too wild. Uh, but I thank God for the for the believers in the church that just affirmed me and loved me and said, oh, you'll, you'll be good. Just find your niche. And you know what? Uh, when we started All Things Possible, I did my martial arts career, got invited to go work in a really solid ministry. At the time, it was with Dr. James Dobson. Oh, Dr. James Dobson. Yeah. So I was actually an assistant to Dr. Dobson back in 01. Wow. So 20 years ago. Yeah, 20 years ago. And after a few years being there, someone asked me to share my story, which I'd never told the full story. And um, we, we were in a small group and I shared. And it was actually the gay couple mm-hmm. i call them the gay couple husband and wife who came out of the gay lifestyle mm-hmm. and they heard me share and they're like and what else victor and i was like what do you mean what else they're like no this this and this doesn't happen where's the rest of it i got so offended and then i felt vulnerable and then then i felt the holy spirit say you can share and i just started pouring it out and god used them and uh, in my life to say, Victor, just be real, quit work. Right. Cause I'm like, people not, first of all, people aren't going to believe me. Christians aren't going to believe how much I've suffered because everybody's living their little perfect lives, which is not the truth. Everybody suffers varying degrees, but it was out of that, that I shared at a youth prison and we saw a number of kids oh. turn to Christ. I love, and then, I because love I knew the kids in prison. They'll, yeah. they'll believe me. I mean, Absolutely. they're, they're, traffic hurt <laughs> abused all of yeah. it and from there it just grew right babe how would you say the mystery came well 
um, that that is how it started. I think the Lord brought us from Hawaii. We were suffering Hawaii, and <laughs> oh, of course, what island I, were you on? <laughs> we were on Oahu. It was yeah. for six years. It was miserable. I love that place. It's <laughs> <laughs> a joke. I love Hawaii. Yeah, it is. And we love Shave it. ice, though. Yeah. Yeah. Be interesting. <laughs> yes, you've been there. She knows. So here's the interesting thing because I know you want to talk about trauma, and and Victor was. Um, later in our life, later in our married life, he was diagnosed with bipolar because his childhood, he had stuffed down so far, it started coming up. So his behavior started mimicking uh, symptoms of bipolar. So he was put on medicine and he, you know, therapists tried to work with him and figure out what's going on with him. So when he started going into the youth prisons, he started talking with other kids who high-risk behavior they also have had trauma and this is the reason why they're in there because they can't get any traction right. so actually that was when victor's healing really began because i started getting triggered and i was couldn't getting get it triggered, back listening to other kids stories and 99 percent of these kids have been sexually abused yeah. for sure the the young girls but the men too mm. so this is when this whole god was using this to start this whole different branch of the ministry now it's not just incarcerated youth but now it's people who suffer trauma and which is everyone God, everyone everyone <laughs> because you know what part of the human race and it's a fallen yeah. race so right that's how god started us in this trauma field so with the trauma i mean we were visiting these kids and you know trying to see past their offense because god does but if, if you can see past why they did this and understand and try to teach other people educate people this is what children can do when they're suffering from trauma ptsd it's not just military right it's children and what do they do with it so that was a connection that we were seeing time and time again with these youth and then Victor got healed. I would say 90% he's healed, right? It's a lifetime process. But God used that to help us create two films on trauma. And you said you watched it, Triggered 2. Yes. Can you guys name the films uh, Triggered 2? And Triggered the, two. there's another one, the Victor Mark story, right? Victor Mark story is, is that correct? story. Yes. Okay. Yes. So that yep. Victor Mark story was made first. And then the trigger too, because we wanted to help educate people that it's not just military and first responders who suffer from PTSD, it's everyone. So the other version of the triggered is triggered military. It's, and right it's now, so good. Yeah, right now, mm -hmm. people listening, they're going, oh, wait, maybe I want to watch this. And you can just go to our website. It's free. Good. Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, Victor Marks with an X dot com. Or go to YouTube to watch my story or triggered. My story is in 15 languages. Wow. Okay. You know what, you really guys, great. it's, it's, it's really been an honor. I, I can talk to you guys all day long. Like, and I know everyone watching and listening probably feels the same way. Like it would, the time went by like this. So thank you, Victor and Eileen, all things possible. Cause with God, all things are possible and mm -hmm. Jesus can heal the deepest trauma and turn us into warriors for him. Can't he? Would you please consider partnering with us monthly or just send us a one-time donation? Just go to our website at hookersforjesus.net and click on donate 
And listen, your donation goes to a good cause and it's tax deductible. Thank you so much.